2: It's our buddy John Daniels, GM of the Texas Rangers. How are you guys? Man, we are great, and it's good timing that you wandered up right after we did Cowboy Schedule Talk because you're an NFL fan, and this is always fun to, like, get the schedule and sit there and look at it and make all these projections and then go, why the hell did we do that? This is (laughs) – it never works out this way. What are we doing? Have
0: you gone back and looked at, like, little – recap
2: how you've done in the past? I haven't, but I'm sure I've done exceptionally well. I mean I could just imagine <laughs> I've nailed it at all times. Did you break out the giant schedule last night? I well
0: I, the one I look at all, all the time is when they come here, and you know, play across the street from and that's it's been week one, like pretty religiously, right? Yeah, it seems like September eighth, we're on the road in Baltimore and I'm might have to stay home that weekend.
2: Yeah, it uh Well, I, you know, uh, we'll, we'll get into this in a, we'll get into this in a minute. I, I want to talk about the range a minute. I want to talk yeah. NFL first, and then I want to talk about uh, do it for dirt as well. Awesome. But uh, so, are you in the camp right now? You know, we've been talking about this a lot on our show of trade for a Rosen or somebody that's out there and get your quarterback set, or do you want to kind of watch Eli? Continue to tail off and then go off into the great quarterback abyss because you never know when you're going to get your guy.
0: I, just, I think it's got to be the right guy. And I w- am like the last person to determine who that is. Right. Rosen's interesting, right? Like pedigree and, and talent and, and now a little bit of experience. Somebody else kind of had to break him in and, and you know, go through that. Um, but, you know, I, yeah, would I love for them to get their quarterback of the future? Absolutely. But how I many, you got to be right, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, just getting a young quarterback or just getting somebody, you know, doesn't make a lot of sense. Or even jumping into free agency and getting a guy doesn't make a lot of sense if, if they're not going to be what you want, you know. So, I, you know, the two guys in next year's draft are appealing, but so much can, can happen between now and then. And are they truly the right guys? Like, I, for me, that's where, I, you know, I just got to have faith that, and kind of cross my fingers and that they're going to pick the right one. <laughs> right.
1: I got into a conversation, uh, you know, Tepid P, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. I got into a conversation with him one day, and he was talking about the difference of – because you're you're watching these like football players he's like you, you got to be right right now he's like when you're these baseball guys you're just looking for traits and like it's it's such a long-term projection of these football guys and i was thinking about these organizations they sit there and go okay i think the, some of these organizations are looking two three quarterback classes down the road like the dolphins are sitting there talking about maybe tanking for the quarterback class next year but the year after that is the kid from clemson it's like, man, there's so much that can happen to a kid. His shoulder could, you know, right. explode or, or whatever. Like, there's just so many things that can happen. It's real hard. Like, if you, you need to have an idea now of what you're going to do. But I, I can't imagine Eli playing another year after this. Can you? Uh,
0: not if they don't protect him a little <laughs> bit. So yeah. It seems like a bit of a
2: stretch. <laughs> they've made some moves to make the offensive line better. Whether or not uh, that materializes, they've at least, I think, somewhat I, aggressively addressed yeah, it. Yeah,
0: they addressed it like. Bef- Preseason that didn't totally pan out. You know, Hernandez, the, the second-round pick, was pretty good, but then they, you know, they did audible and they yeah. kind of fixed some stuff on the fly. Right. I, I
1: just wonder if they're the type of and then there's a bunch of clubs you could say this about. who are like, no, we need to wait one year, and the next year, that's when we go get our quarterback because of the Oregon kid Herbert and Tua from Alabama, and there's other names. From from Georgia, maybe mm-hmm. you know. There's a lot of babies I'm not sure about many of those. So I don't know. I'm I'm uh I'm fascinated by that. I would right now give up pick seventeen to Arizona. And I think Arizona would take it. Really? For Josh Rosen. I think they would do it. Someone caught in the big schedule release video that the Cardinals did that Josh Rosen wasn't on it.
0: So uh, that's interesting. Yeah, They're yeah, taking
1: yeah. Kyler. I think pick seventeen, that's that's a good trade for both teams.
2: Why wouldn't you put him in it? I know. It, it, what is the benefit to not doing it? Unless you feel like you're going to... Maybe maybe your fans are so drunk off of Kyler, it's like a turnoff to them. I don't know, yeah, I don't know but either. I would think that you would put him in there. Right? I mean, it's
1: the Cardinals. What are they selling? They, they were 3-13 and 13 last year, and poor Rosen just didn't have a chance because he's getting sacked every time he took a snap.
0: But so much can happen, I, and I realize they have the first pick, so they, yeah. they do control that, but why would you, like... I don't know. It seems seems short-sighted not to put him in there.
1: No, I think I would too. And like, So Oakland has three first-round picks this year, two first-round picks next year. Like Oakland's got five first-round picks in the next two years. You come knocking on your door and give you an offer. I'm, I'm listening. Like, mm-hmm. we'll see what you got here because you're going to blow my doors down. Then maybe I'll pass on Kyler. And, by the way, it's not like Kyler's some sure thing. Like, I believe in him. I think he's going to be good. But I don't we are kind of entering into uncharted territory with a quarterback like him and a head coach like Cliff. Well, it
0: almost tells you that with that I'm not going to read too much into it's like a marketing department decision but it almost tells you that they have something in hand already that they yeah. think is good enough. Right. Right cuz cuz the scenario you'd be afraid I'd be afraid of would be you know you end up with both guys in camp, you know, and Rosen now knows he, he's he's the probably the first person I noticed he wasn't in that video. And, right. you know, oh, he knows. You yeah. know, so <laughs> it, to me, that almost says they, they've been offered saying that to them is above the line already.
2: At least there wasn't any OU footage in that video. That would have been really <laughs> yeah, right. bad, right? You know, but it, it does make me think about, to your point, KT, it does make me think about Rosen in this way. If, if you have a good young player, like you go, okay, I think this guy will be a good NFL quarterback, and Oakland does come and blow your doors down, you're already sitting there you know, with high second-round picks, right? And if they come and blow your doors off with two first-round picks and you know Rosen can play, you would have to go, Kyler is infinitely better than Rosen to turn down two first-round picks. You pick two offensive linemen, and suddenly Rosen looks a hell of a lot better.
0: Infinitely better than Rosen and whoever you're going to get next year.
2: Right. With, you know, likely having a chance to get one of them next year. Right. So I I, I don't know, man. It almost makes me think they don't think Rosen can play. Or, or, But then again, you know the deal. You bring in uh, a new coach or they a new manager, and they want their guys. And there
1: is the footage of Cliff at Texas Tech slobbering all over Kyler Murray. I, and I think Cliff knew that that was out there because I don't think Cliff took that Arizona job without knowing that he had the number one pick and could go get Kyler. Like, I don't think he left USC. Oh, wait, I've got the first one, first uh, number one pick? He knew. He knew what he wanted. He knew
2: exactly what he wanted. How, how much John, we're talk, John Daniels is hanging out with us uh, on the Ben and Skin Show. So how often do you take, you know, what your life is like as a baseball executive and knowing what the inner workings are like and then look at your favorite teams, whether it's the Giants or, you know, I don't know who your team is in basketball, and look at the way they run and project your world Onto what they're doing, if that makes sense.
0: I try not to in basketball because I grew up a Knicks fan. <laughs> oh no, sorry. So I haven't been taking a lot of lessons there originally. Yeah. Um, uh, but I am. I'm like kind of uh, stepping outside of my body here and look at it and be like, hey, I think they might talk about us like this. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah. No, I, I like love uh, staying in touch with like people in other sports yeah Uh, we've good relationships with the local teams and we've also a bunch of relationships elsewhere and NFL the Eagles uh the Seahawks um basketball obviously the Mavs the the Thunder, and um actually the Maple Leafs Josh Boyd's got a relationship with them so try to like as much access as you can get and and vice versa we try to open doors and like invite people in and, and touch base with them and just anything you can learn man i mean like the, the decisions aren't that much different right, right the right. rules are different the cbas are different the finances are di- nah. but at the end of the day i mean you're, you're trying to find advantages and a lot of like the the ways to do that and managing people are similar
2: absolutely john daniels uh, joining us here on the ben and skin show 105.3 the fan and the reason you're out here is because uh there's a charity golf tournament benefiting do it for durrett and you've been in uh on the ground floor of the do it for durrett foundation and uh, I, I'd just like to kind of get your thoughts on what Richard was like and you know it's it's unique when you have people write about you and those sorts of things everybody's got different relationships but if you could just kind of tell our audience that doesn't know what what kind of dude Richard was
0: just so the most genuine kind-hearted guy that you could want to meet almost to the point where you, you're thinking like man it, like is this real? Right. No, right. Is he, somebody going to take advantage of this guy? And he didn't care. Right. You know that was my that was always my take on him. And in, a, in a, a, a segment of the industry that's like more and more competitive, first one on Twitter, first one to, like that's not why he got into journalism. And he just wasn't going to give into it. Like mm-hmm. he, he just wrote like good stories about good people. He loved like the human interest side. Uh, he like some guys are just baseball or just football. He he worked every sport he could yeah uh, and seemingly like you know based on you know, people have kind of come out and supported the foundation here in the last five six years like everybody liked them like universally liked. Them. who can you say that about you know so um you know when he when he it happened in, in uh, 14 kind of hit all of us hard and just kind of reaction like all right let's help his family like we would do for you know you'd want to do for anybody yeah and um and then got to know Kelly a little bit through that, and, and she's amazing. And, and then, uh, you know, Anthony Andrew and, and Emily Jones and Jeff Wilson just, like, they're the motors behind And They just kept going and said, let's, let's keep going. Who else can we help? And, and that's kind of how we got here.
2: And I, I think one thing I want to point out to people is when you work in our business, you see a lot of different charity efforts and different things. And a lot of times it starts like gangbusters, and then people, quote, unquote, get back to their lives. And I think those names you just mentioned with Wilson and Andro and Emily and you're involved that everyone is still, you know, full force and it, the thing is picking up steam and just keeps growing and growing, that's really a testament to Richard that people care that much about his foundation.
0: Well, and, and where you really see it, you're, you're spot on. Where you really see it is like it becomes like the whole local sports community, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, where like, you know, there's the there's the teams and the media, a little bit of divide. divide, know, you know, you're old Mavs, you kind of navigate that but like sometimes you know it's us and the access and and through this i've seen just a different side of it where right you know and it extends beyond the foundation you know see jeff wilson at the park and there's you know and and then evan Grant who's his competitor is now yeah. like they're working together on something right so there's been a really cool kind of community element to it too
1: that's awesome that's awesome one more question i gotta just get to you gotta be excited about the start right yeah it's fine pretty good the vibes are good
2: yeah, you know,
1: was, I'm pumped. We were, I mean, we started our on the couch.
2: I'm pumped. We started our show talking about the wild card <laughs> <laughs> in I April. Like it, man. You know,
0: Woody and I uh, did a, a speaking deal earlier today, and um, group. I don't know, I think probably about a hundred or so people uh, at, at the ballpark. And you know, I'm in this like cocoon, like head down. I'm looking at you know our guys are doing the minor leagues, and, and Kip and his group had draft meetings the other day, and, and yeah, you just there's so much to do. We've yeah. so much to do. And, and it's fun stuff, but just a lot to do. And I don't really listen to to radio and mostly just cuz it's probably better for my health. I think know? it's a good uh, idea. Ben so,
2: usually kills you. Yeah, Ben <laughs> he's just, the worst. Yeah, he's so over the top and, and, awful. Yeah. Um
0: and so it was but it was cool to see some of the questions that we were mostly Woody was getting and the excitement of this group um it was it opened my eyes a little bit that you know the fans are the segment of our fans that really locked in are like really enjoying it. And, and some of the, the little bits of feedback for Woody was how much the, the guys love just the the body language of our players, the, the 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 style of play, the energy that they were coming at it, how, you know, you don't get corny and get carried away. Like they generally seem to like enjoy
2: coming to work, playing together, pushing each other. Right. Um, that piece of it was really cool to hear. KT specifically mentioned the body language off the top of the show, picking up on that. And, and one thing we were talking about, it, and it's, you know, sometimes guys take on a coaching role and they sort of then project this coach vibe. And I don't, you know, there's a long way to go in Woody's career, but he seems, I'm not saying personality-wise he's like Madden, but Madden sometimes doesn't come off as a manager. He comes off as Madden. And very early on, Woody comes off as just Woody, Yeah. if that makes sense. Super genuine, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He is who he is. And that's what... Whether it's talking to you guys or others in the media or ownership or front office or the clubhouse guys or the players or the fans, like he's been the same guy every time. We haven't, you know, we haven't lost five in a row. and We haven't sure. had, you know, the inevitable issues that you have. And
1: you know. this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?